Hello, everyone. If you would like to follow me on social media, follow me on Instagram at Hoodubayek. That's H-O-O-D-O-O-B-A-Y-E-K. Or you can follow me on Twitter at S-H-U-G-G underscore Spotlight. At both those places, you can DM me if you would like to send in a message to be heard on the show. Thank you. Hello, 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 you guys. This is Hudubaya here. Thank you for tuning in. Today is November 26th. It is currently 10.02 p.m. And this day is can be also known as Thanksgiving. However, as we know, this day does represent a genocide of the indigenous American people. So I'm not too keen on, you know, celebrating it. But without further ado... Um, I would like to thank you all for tuning in. I know that it has been about two weeks since I last uploaded a segment to the show. Um, that is because I really have not been in the proper headspace to give you guys what you deserve. And I wanted to, it's not so much that I wanted to wait, it's just that I really could not get myself to do it. I did try recording um, um, some few days ago, but it really did not work out because... Um, the quality just wasn't there. A lot of, you know, audio background and I did not want to give you guys something that was subpar quality. So with that being said, that is why we are recurring today because I feel exponentially better. And, um, yeah, my head is a lot clearer. So as you guys know, um, we always introduce the show by talking about some celestial events mind you because the show has not had a new update um in about two weeks i will be making the um episode today like a lot longer so you know just fair warning so um to the astrology things So let's talk about Venus currently being in Scorpio. So as you guys know, Venus is the mother planet of the mother planet of feminine energy, love, passion, um, lust, what, you know, all those good things. And we have Venus in Scorpio and Scorpio can mostly represent a lot of the same things. Um, you know, sex, lust, passion, all that good shit. So if you have been, you know, feeling overwhelmed by sex um, lately, that's pretty much why. Um, so I do want to do something a little different um, with the show this week <laughs> um, by talking about how these astrological celestial events are affecting me. So, so basically in terms, I'm sorry for that cut, um, the hard cut, um, 
with the audio. But basically, Venus and Scorpio for me has been entirely fucking horrible. Like when I tell you guys, my libido has been through the fucking roof. And not only that, but it's like the sexual thoughts have been like forefront of my fucking brain. Um, you, I know some people may say, oh, well, you know, you're a Virgo or whatever, whatever. And, you know, Virgos are nasty or whatever. And, you know, well, like nasty in terms of um, sex drive or whatever, um, which is some, mostly the case um, if you look at. A lot of artists um, who are Virgos in essence, um, Frank Ocean or Boogie or Beyonce, um, their music is really sexual and they talk about, you know, sex in sensual ways. That is mostly the character of Virgos and that is my primary sexual character, you know, sensual, but um, intimate and... um, kind of closed off in a sense like sexual once I am comfortable or you know not just mostly for the most part sex is not on the forefront of the way that I present myself it's something that you have to unearth within me um kind of you know and you see that in Beyonce's music as well um because rockets nobody expected that um, you see that in Partition. Partition broke the fucking world because here it is, you know, this person who we don't look at in a sexual light talking about, you know, fucking her man in a limo. <laughs> so um, in relation to me, like, I, um, I do have a very, like, sexually explicit character once you, once I'm comfortable with you, but... Um, Venus and Scorpio has mostly just been bringing all of those characteristics of myself to the forefront and um, but I don't necessarily like that I don't necessarily like you know sex being at the forefront of my personality and my mind and so um, what this celestial event has been teaching me is like mainly self-control and um, you know restraint Um, so yeah and I mean, I think I've had sex maybe twice, maybe twice in like the past month or so. And, you know, I'm really doing my best to cut down on anything regarding sex. So, yeah. Um, next um, astrological event that we have for the introduction is Chiron and retrograde. And not only is Chiron retrograde, but it's retrograde in Aries. If you are unaware, Chiron is the wounded healer. So what that represents is past trauma and things from the past coming to the forefront. So when you have that mixed in with Aries, which is a fire sign, these things are going to be extremely, extremely turbulent and present. They're going to come in your life violently, unexpectedly. And it is, you know, going to be to a point where you can't ignore it, especially because it's in retrograde. So expect things to be off balance. Expect it to knock you upside your head, you know, when you're least expecting it. Um, For me, man, I don't even know where to begin. Like my past trauma, every, every, my dreams have been so vivid lately, you know, in my dreams, I've been in the, you know, my childhood home. 
you know, I haven't lived there in like seven years, but, um, and it, the house doesn't even exist anymore, but, um, I've been having dreams of my childhood home every single day, every single day, every single day, no matter how long I'm asleep, even if it's only for 30 minutes my childhood home is coming into my dreams. Um, and not only that, it's like past familiar relationships have been bringing themselves up too. Um, relationships that I thought, you know, were ended, you know, relationships that I had debted a long time ago, um, childhood friends and, you know, people who bullied me, um, all these things that I thought that I had buried, things that I didn't even think affected me anymore. Like they have been coming to me in my dreams and, you know, just mainly giving me a wake-up call, you know, reminding me that I haven't actually healed from these things, and I do need to heal from the things that took place in that home, reminding me that I do have to still heal from those people bullying me, reminding me that I still have to heal um, from my past childhood friends that I don't have anymore, you know, heal from those relationships ending. Um... So, you know, just wanted to put that out there if maybe that was something that you all have been experiencing as well. Or, you know, maybe just bring it to, you know, to the light. Maybe you didn't understand why you've been having dreams similar to that or you didn't understand why all this past shit keep coming up. Well, baby, it's because that Chiron is retrograde, retrograde in Aries. Um, and the um, last thing and for the intro that I wanted to talk about was Mars being in Aries. So if you are unaware, Mars is the god of war, or at least the Greek god of war. And um, basically, when you have that kind of energy, that kind of masculine energy um, in Aries, because it was in Aries, um, It's like you want to fight. You're angry. Um, All this energy is turbulent. Your masculine energy is coming to the forefront. Um, There are a lot of arguments, a lot of um, uh, heated discussions. And, you know, that's okay. Those discussions are normal. Fighting is normal. But with, like I said, uh, with me... Um, when these celestial events happen and they, they um, particularly celestial events that could bring about negativity or um, conflict, that's when you have to practice restraint so that you um, are not letting those things take over you. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, with that being said, I've been doing my best to show restraint and learn all the lessons that there are to be learned from these events. And I am grateful for all the lessons that come to me. Um, That's pretty much all that I have to say about the celestial events and how they've been affecting me. But, well, less events and more so just celestial movements. And, you know, how they've been affecting me. But, yeah. Um, next, I have for you guys In My Temple. As you know, In My Temple is the segment where we 
talk about the more personal things um, in my life and um, what my metaphysical lessons have been recently. Um, the purpose of this is to, you know, talk about things that maybe you guys can relate to um, and learn things from. So um, for this segment of In My Temple, we have emotions, good, bad, and the undesired, or at least first. <sighs> so with that, um, like I talked about a little bit earlier, um, my emotions have kind of been like really, really up and down and um, a lot of depression, a lot of regret, a lot of sadness. A lot of fear, a lot of guilt, um, and healing from trauma that I thought that I had, you know, gotten rid of. Healing from trauma that I know I thought was buried, and um, just mentally, emotionally processing through everything. And yeah, um, but even with that, I've also been learning a lot. Um, like my tarot readings have, um, I feel like I understand tarot more. Um, I feel like I understand myself more. I feel like I understand the universe a little bit better. Um, and I guess like a part of me has just been, you know, so angry with myself and been being, I've just been so angry with the world. Like, I hate that the world is like in the state that it's in, you know, not only is do I have to deal with my own, you know, familial drama, but I also have to deal with emotions and love life and, and just shit that I really don't want to deal with. And on top of that, I mean, the political climate, like, oh my fucking God, like, just being so uncertain about where the world is going to go, it just, it hurts. It hurts. It adds on, you know, pain and to what I'm already experiencing. And then, you know, being kind of, you know, the hermit, um, it's kind of been my duty to, you know, lead and, and guide people and trying to lead and guide people, but also figure out lessons for myself. And, you know, figure out my own way through the world. And um, it's just, you know, handling so much emotional responsibility at once. It's really been, you know, taking its toll on me and, you know, doing my best to be back in school and find, you know, work. And, um, it, you know, shit is hard. Shit is hard. I don't know, you know, what's going to happen or I don't know how things are going to happen um, things are just have just been very turbulent lately, and yeah. Um, but nonetheless, like I said, I am grateful for all the lessons that come my way, and I'm grateful for being able to heed these lessons and pay attention and apply the knowledge that I'm getting. It doesn't mean that I like them. It doesn't mean that I like going through the pain. It doesn't mean that I like going through the suffering. And I think that's the, you know, undesired part. Like, none of us desire being hurt. None of us desire uncertainty or anguish or humiliation. But, um, and not to say that all those things are inevitable in your life. I don't think that that is necessarily true. I just think it, 
depending on who you are and, you know, what you're born into, it could be inevitable, but, you know, not necessarily. But in any case, I I just, we have to be real with ourselves. We have to be real about whether or not, like, we have, we have to be real about whether or not we've been honest, you know, and we have to be real about what we have and have not healed from. And, you know, not just like superficial healing, like on the surface, but if the situation, you know, reminded you of like something in the past, will that hurt you? You know, like, um, <clears throat> you know, if, if a similar situation happens in front of your eyes that reminds you of a tra- traumatic event that you've experienced, you know, will that make your world stop? You feel me? You feel it like that? I just, you know, healing, albeit healing does look different for everyone. But I think that when we truly heal, we can move through life unaffected by our past. And, you know, I'm just, we just got to be real with ourselves. You know, are you, have you really healed from it, from whatever? Have you really gotten, you know, moved past something or are you just burying it? You know, like forgiveness has been like a real like key, key, um, a key word and a key virtue in my life recently. The more most important, I've had to forgive myself. Um, you know, there are times when I couldn't defend myself, and I had to forgive myself for that. You know, I think as people who endure trauma, we can internalize guilt and misplace the guilt on ourselves, and say, you know, well, I should have protected myself better or I should have done this differently, but, you know, given a choice and given, you know, if we did have true power to change circumstances, I'm sure that none of us would choose the traumatic event. Um, You have to forgive yourself for being powerless in, you know, in certain situations. And I, I think... You know, that feeling of guilt, that feeling of powerlessness in certain situations, although it does suck and, you know, nobody likes that feeling, we have to forgive ourselves for, you know, let me rephrase that, like we... We have to forgive ourselves that we blame ourselves for. We have to forgive ourselves for things that we blame ourselves for that was not our fault. (sighs) Got that out. Um, It was like tongue-tied. Forgive ourselves for things that we blame ourselves for that are not our fault. Um, Yeah. I think that once we, you know, do that, um, we can see the world differently, maneuver through the world differently, and we can move on to our next phase and 
at least that's been the recurring theme for me. Um, and hopefully that insight can help you all. Um, and whew, next for In My Temple, um, it's kind of like a two-part segment this week. Um, but what is love? What has my love life looked like? What has it meant for me? Um, and my love life has been very complicated. And it's only been complicated because I know what I want. <laughs> it's, you know, I'm not really going to get into specifics, but, um, you know, I've kind of been romantically interested in one person. And granted, this person, you know, let me know full well where they were at um, and that they were not ready for a relationship or, you know, a specific kind of, you know, partnership or whatever. But I think the problem with men comes into, like, men, like, this is, and it's really fucked up. Because, you know, it, it's like borderline abusive, if not abusive. But men will, they will say, okay, I'm letting you know I don't want this and I'm not ready for that right now. But when you are continuing to give them the effort that um, most would say, should only be given in a romantic, you know, a solidified romantic partnership. They also don't deny it. They don't deny or reject that effort. And that's kind of where my love life has been at. Like, I've been, like, romantically interested in someone who did, you know, explicitly, you know, let me know that they were not, you know, in the headspace and right mind for what I wanted and you know I am grateful for that explicit statement and but at the same time I have been giving a certain amount of effort and giving a certain amount of love to show this person that I care for them and you know he's still been accepting this effort and it's like, you know, it's all fair. It is, it's, it's never, it's never a bad thing to, you know, be healing. It's never a bad thing to, you know, be traumatized or like, and I don't mean that in like the superficial meaning of that, but I'm saying like, if you are experiencing trauma and if you have experienced trauma and you're going through that trauma, it's not bad to, you know, be affected by that. But um, I think when we are in that space of figuring out um, emotions and processing through things that have advers has adversely affected us, we have to be very cognizant of the way that we treat people, especially people who are, you know, giving us effort. Um, and I guess, like, 
I've kind of just put myself in this situation because, you know, when, honestly, when he said that he wasn't ready to give me what I wanted, I should have left him alone. And I know that, you know, sounds fucked up, but it's really not. Like, when you think about it, it's okay to be healing, but people are not obligated to, you know, wait for you. And not saying that he, you know, has asked me to wait for him or whatever the case may be, but um, just speaking on how I feel, um, you know, people are not obligated to wait for you. People are not obligated to deal with your lack of communication. People are not obligated to let you berate them and, um, you know, deal with um, haphazard emotions. And that's kind of what I mean when I say he also never rejected my effort. Like he's You know, it was kind of a it's kind of been a situation where um like you know he he never lets me or and let me forget, you know, oh we're just friends or whatever the case may be. Never let me forget that. In fact he said that pretty often. But you know If you're, you know, having these emotional, um, you know, like, you know, sporadic emotional states and going off, you know, like, you know, yelling or um, being, you know, lack of communication or how you feel or whatever, and I'm still putting in this effort, you know, never once did he say, Stop giving me this effort. And never once did he reject the effort. He accepted it, knowing full well that that's not what he wanted. Now, granted, or at least not having wanted at the, the moment, you know, that's not where he wanted to go at the moment. Now, granted, um... That that's kind of, that's what I mean by the not like I'm sorry because this is you know a very a very you know turbulent topic for me because this is somebody that I really care about and um. I just want to be transparent with the people who are listening because maybe you guys are dealing with something similar. And so I'm trying to organize my thoughts in a way that can, you know, I can get the full point across. But yeah, like, I think that it's it's unfair. It's really unfair because if you if you know that someone wants to fuck with you the long way, you know somebody want to fuck with you the long way. You know somebody in their head 
wants to be in a long term, explicit romantic relationship with you. If you're not in the headspace and if you're healing, that's okay. And it's one thing to express, hey, I'm still healing. Um, I don't want to, you know, I don't want you giving me that energy at all because I don't want you to feel some kind of way. And it's one thing to express that you're still healing and then still accept the love and the effort that comes with, you know, being in a romantic relationship, you know, that the the other party is giving you. And that's kind of where I feel like betrayed and like taken advantage of because, you know, you can say, or, you know, if you, if, if, especially if you're somebody who, you know, doesn't mind cutting people off or not talking to people or whatever, you know, you don't have to accept the things that somebody is giving you, not in terms of like material things, but like emotional things or time or energy. You don't have to accept that. But it becomes fucked up when, you know, you just really, yeah. And so that's kind of where I've been at with my love life. Um, Giving energy and love and time and effort to someone who is healing, but is not. And who loves me, no doubt the love is there, but who's just not going to be in the headspace to reciprocate those things properly, not in the way that I deserve properly anytime soon. And so it's I'm saying this to you guys to say, like, don't put your energy where, you know, it's not deserved. And, you know, I just, and I had to go through, I went through a lot of shit, you know, with this person and just so much time and effort. And I'm not going to say it was wasted because I don't think it was wasted, but it's like, you know, how long do I have to wait for you to heal? Now, granted, you know, this guy, you know, he, he's not in control of how long it takes him to heal. It takes whatever amount of time, you know, that is going to take him and that's okay. But, you know, I just, I I really, I finally realized that I don't deserve that treatment. I don't deserve lack of communication of how a person is feeling I don't deserve, like, you know, being yelled at when, you know, you're upset at something that don't got shit to do with me. I don't deserve, you know, feeling like I'm bothering you. I don't deserve that. Nobody fucking, de- well, nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves having, giving all their love and time and energy then to have a person who, you know, is accepting that love, time, energy, but then, you know, not giving you what, not reciprocating the love, time, and energy and communication. So I finally said, fuck it. And although I do love this person, you know, to pieces, 
love this person to pieces. I will not be, you know, I just, I can't do that anymore. Like, I can't continue to put myself in a situation where I'm not getting the love that I deserve. That I'm not giving the, getting the time that I deserve. That I'm not giving the communication that I deserve. Like, you know, I some of y'all may be like, oh, you know, what if people just have trouble or whatever, but trouble expressing emotions or talking about how they make them feel, how what's making them feel away. Like, that's fine. But at a certain point, something's got to give. And that's what I mean, like, in this situation. Like, I'm, you know, putting in all of these virtues and things. And not only are you unable to give me what I want, you are also unable to reciprocate. And that's the fucked up part. Because you know you're unable to reciprocate right now, but you're still accepting these things from me instead of just communicating. Um, stop doing that. That's the fucked up part. And, you know, I remember I was dealing with this white guy from my, in my university. And... I was trying to fuck with him the long way, and I've never tried to date a white guy since then, but um, I was trying to fuck with him the long way. And he was basically like, you're falling in love with me, and you need to stop. Now, granted, that was fucked up, and I did get upset at him, and I have never spoken to him again since this day. But now, looking back on it, after I've healed and have gotten to a certain point, I respect the fuck out of that. I respect that shit because he he was honest. He was honest with me and he told me what it was. And that's a lot more of them for what I can say about these niggas. Because niggas will know full well, not only that they are unable to give you what you want or that they can't give you what you want or that they will not be able to give you what you want anytime soon. They will still take that shit from you. They will still take your love, time, energy, effort and not bat a fucking eye. And you know what? Even though, you know, I still love this person, I'm not doing that shit no more. And it's kind of to the point, even if this person, you know, does reach a point in their healing process where they're able to give me the things that I want, love and desire. I can't even say that I would pursue something with them because they've been so fucked up to me emotionally this entire time. And that's kind of just where I'm at. Like, I can't, I forgive him and all that, but I refuse to let somebody in my life who, you know, will take shit out on me when they're down, especially not as a fucking husband. Like, if, if that's how you, you know, treat me when you're down, then you don't need to be my partner. If that's how you treat me when you're in a traumatic space, you don't need to be my partner. People are not obligated to deal with your shit while you are healing. They're just not. And But you know what? Never the, nonetheless, I'm thankful for this experience. 
I'm thankful for the time spent. I'm thankful for the what love and energy was, you know, shared between the two of us. But, you know, I'm choosing myself. Hey, you all, and we are back. Um, that I think that was the most intimate I've gotten in any one of my in my temple sessions in, in, in segments. But um, yeah. With that being said, this is the through the Sahara segment, and on this week's episode, we will be discussing loss and healing, and letting go and making room for the good and what you deserve. So to begin with the loss and healing, um, like we mentioned earlier, like I mentioned earlier, um, Chiron is retrograde in Aries. And with that, that will be bringing up some wounds and healing and traumatic experiences, shit that you thought was over, done with. Um... So, basically, what are you going to do about that? Um, the thing is, is that we have to be okay with loss. We have to accept that in this world, there will be things that we are not going to love. And we have to accept that there are things that we are going to be hurt by. Loss is one of those things, whether it be loss of um, a relationship, loss of a loved one, loss of a pet, or loss of a job that you really liked, loss of an item that was dear to you, whatever the case may be. We have to get to a point in our life where we can accept loss for what it is and move forward with in-depth healing. Now, I'm pretty sure you've all have heard the saying, forgive and forget. I hate that. I hate that saying. I think it's fucked up to tell people to forgive and forget. Um, but to be more explicit with what I mean, I think a lot of the times, um, and this, you know, is relating to relationships or whatever the case may be, or loss of, of people. Um, a lot of the times, um, when people say forgive and forget, they mean absolve the person of guilt, get over it make act like nothing ever happened. I think that is extremely unhelpful because you're not truly healing from whatever events happened. Um but also when people hurt you or does something that causes you trauma you are hurt and you have trauma from that and that shows you their character. So why would you forget that? Why would you forget about um, an event or set of events that showed you who someone really was? Um, 
with that being said, not that, you know, being hurt is good or feels good or not so much to say that being hurt should happen. But, you know, if you anyway, if you're like a, a devotee or initiate uh, EFI, you and you um, subscribe to the beliefs of this um, ATR, then you believe that um, heaven and earth were separated and um, and that you people are hurt in life on purpose so that when they get to heaven um, in the afterlife, um, you can appreciate heaven for what it is and you won't take it for granted and you won't do something, you know, fucked up. Um, but you may not necessarily ascribe, subscribe to um, African traditional religion, and that's okay. So um, if that is not your belief, then um, you, you know, would say, okay, hurting is unnecessary, and it's probably, it shouldn't be an inevitable, it, it should not be something that's like inevitable, it should not be something that you have to experience, but I think even if you don't subscribe to those beliefs of ATR and um, EFA, EFA, then, you know, you still have to be honest and realistic at the fact that um, in this current society, you will be hurt by something or by some things or by someone. Like, that's just true, regardless of how you, you know, feel may feel about inevitability or whatever, and realistically, you will get hurt. Um doesn't mean it's right, but that that is what that is where we're at um in society. But um um I say all of that to say that um We have to be able to heal from no longer having parts of ourselves that we once cherished. We have to be able to heal from memories that, you know, these fond memories that we have that can no longer be created. I know that with um, survivors of um, abuse and trauma, a lot of people are, you know, they say, oh, well, I'm I'm trying to get back to my old self because I remembered all the things that I used to like as a kid that I no longer, you know, I forgot that I loved to do and whatever. Then we start, you know, trying to do shit that we liked when we were like five or whatever. But at least for me, and I'm not going to say that this goes for everyone, but at least for me, I had to learn that there have been things that happened in my life that changed the trajectory of who I am. And with that being said, 
I'm not the same person that I was when I was five. I don't like the same shit that I liked when I was seven. You know, when I was seven, I thought, or, you know, 10, 11, 12, I thought that I was going to go into a science career. I thought that I, you know, wanted to go to Harvard. I thought that I wanted to go to U of M and, you know, be the best, like, mechanical, electronic engineer, manufacturer that there was. And then, you know, traumatic events happened. And, you know, I'm no longer on that trajectory. Those characteristics are no longer in me, and that is okay. Does that now, with some people, is that necessarily, is the loss of those characteristics and trajectory, you know, necessarily attributed to abuse? Not all the time, not necessarily, but if it is, you know, you have to be, I mean, you don't have to, to be honest, you know, healing is, healing is honestly a choice, but that's a whole other conversation. But it's to the point where you, you gotta get to a point where you can say that's no longer who I am. And yes, things changed me. Things changed what events that happened in my life that occurred throughout my life has changed what I thought I wanted to be, what I thought I wanted to do. It's changed how I thought I wanted to spend my time. And you have to accept that. You have to accept that. Like, you can't live in the past. Like, okay, well, you know, I really, 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 really wanted to be a firefighter and you know, some shit happened and it changed my life path. And so now I'm trying to, now that I'm 20 something, I'm trying to get back into the firefighter career path. Like, I mean, if that's what you want to do, fine. But, you know, don't be approaching it from a standpoint of that's what I wanted to do as a kid. And you know, now I got to get back to wanting to do that. Like, we're different people, and that's okay. We have changed. That is okay. We have experienced shit that has shifted our lives into a different direction, and that is okay. You have to be okay with that key word, loss. That loss of those characteristics that you cherished in the past, and you have to be able to, another key word, Heal from that loss. You got to. You got to. So, um, I mean, that, I just, even, man, I can't tell you how much shit I wanted to do as a kid. Things happened. Um, you know, things that will probably, if you continue listening to this show, you'll most likely find out over time, but things happen. And I'm a dance teacher and I teach dance professionally. Mind you, when I was a kid, I wanted to go into STEM. I wanted to go into STEM. I wanted to be a forensic scientist. I wanted to be an aerospace engineer. I wanted to be a mechanical engineer, like 
I wanted to build cars, damn it. But now I'm a dance teacher. That's like the complete opposite side of the spectrum. And that's okay. That's no longer who I am. Those characteristics are no longer me. And that's okay. I no longer want to go to an Ivy League school. And that's okay. Because I've grown, you know, I've grown as a person. I've learned different things. I have a different outlook on life that I used to have when I was younger. And that's okay. It's okay. You don't have to try to fight to be who you used to be. You're a different person now. You've grown. You're in a different space. And you have to be, you have to accept that. You you have to accept that you are someone different. I mean, I, I, that, that's a, that's a topic that's like near and dear to me because, man, yeah. But in any case, let's move on. Um. The next topic in Through the Sahara is letting go and making room for the good and what you deserve. So, loss and healing and letting go, um, in reality, go hand in hand. They go, they go hand in hand. Uh, it's not enough to heal from things because a lot of the times we can still hold those um residual emotions in our heart but you have to be you have to let those residual emotions go um if you're still dealing with not shit niggas that's what you're going to attract you're not going to attract the kind of nigga that you deserve if you are still you know dealing in like unsavory like shit that's the kind of energy that you're going to attract and the here's the thing here's the funny thing about my girl the universe the universe will send you a distraction it will send you a distraction to see if you take the bait to see if you are ready for the good things that you deserve now mind you even though you know i finally decided to stop you know giving my energy to a romantic you know um a potential romantic rather situation that you know that was still like that whole experience was still a good thing for me because I was, I used to, you know, be fucking different niggas every day. Um, used to be, you know, I was a playboy. And mind you, I'm only, I'm 22, but I've had a lot of experiences. I've dated a lot of people. I've slept with a lot of people. I um, have been in a lot of different situations and I have a lot of different experiences under my belt. And that's the that's the kind of energy that I was attracting. But when I stopped dealing with those kind of people, I attracted a partner, albeit, you know, that situation never went anywhere. But I attracted a partner who was about love, you know. But now it's gotten to the point where, you know, Now, even though this person, you know, had, you know, did love me and whatever, 
Now I have to, I had to let that go to attract somebody in a situation that's going to actually now give me the attention and the qualities that I deserve and that I require. I can't I can't even tell you. I can't tell you when I stopped like it's so much. When I just stopped doing certain shit, good shit started to happen. Like we 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 are beings of energy and chemicals and minerals and you know we're made up of the same materials that the universe consists of, that the celestial universe consists of. So that those kinds of things do have an effect on us. We do attract energy. You know, we live on a planet, you know, these planets have gravitational energy, magnetic energy. And, and so quite naturally, we, those characteristics apply to us too. We can repel and we can repel and attract in, you know, kinds of energy and kinds of forces. So it makes sense. You feel me? So you know, we we got to let go of the hurt. You know, hurt people hurt people and sometimes the people that we're hurting is ourselves. So you have to recognize the trauma, heal from that trauma, and then once you've healed from the trauma, let the residual emotions go. And then those good things will, that you deserve will begin to enter your space. And you will be blessed beyond relief, beyond belief, beyond your wildest fucking dreams. Even with a job, with jobs, like I was saying, you know, it's not to say that, you know, job, you know, certain jobs are like beneath me or whatever. But um, to be honest, no, I don't think anyone wants to work in like, you know, fast food. A lot of the times because of the way our society is you seek those kinds of um, jobs because you have to or, you know, because that is the only thing that is available to you, you know, because of your particular set of circumstances or whatever the case may be, you know, society is fucked up. So sometimes you just have to take those jobs or that's the only job in your area or whatever, whatever the case. But I, I remember I kept getting fast food job after fast food job after fast food job. But once I stopped doing that, once I stopped trying to, you know, work in fast food because that, that's what I thought I could get, jobs that I deserved started presenting themselves to me. I started getting, you know, interviews and calls for corporate jobs. Now, granted, I could not accept those jobs because um, I'm a, uh, or I was a full-time student at the time. And they don't, you know, a lot of court, a lot of these corporate jobs are won't allow you to go to school um, while you're working with them. So I did have to turn those down. But that's an example. You know, it's it was, you know, a lot of those jobs were like low vibrational. And when I stopped seeking those low vibrational things, the higher things began coming to me. And like I said, you know, I want to reiterate, it's, you know, I'm not trying to be shady, not trying to be fucked up or whatever, but um, the the circumstances are the circumstances. 
But yeah, like you, we as people, we have to learn to um, not just let go, but to heal. And then after healing, let go. Now, granted, when you're talking about people, um, just because you have healed from something and let go of something does not mean that you have to let the person who hurt you back into your life. Oh, no. You know, those actions that they have done um, is a part of their character and they showed you who they were. So believe it and then X them out of your life. But um, doesn't mean that you can't heal from it in dead shit. Absolutely not. You can heal it, let go of it, and still not allow them to be present in your life. That is completely fine. Um, but yeah, y'all, once we, you know, do that, the things will begin to flow. We have to become infinity. We have to unblock the energy. If y'all watch Avatar The Last Airbender, he was not able to realize his full potential as the Avatar until he unblocked all his chakras. And his chakras were blocked by different traumatic experiences that he had. Now, regardless of, you know, you believe in chakras or whatever, um, or, you know, energy points or whatever the case may be, that still stands. You can't become your true, full potential self until you unblock and re or release the things that are holding you back. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, let go of that shit. That shit don't serve you no purpose. You learn, you know from it what you had to learn from it and now heal and let go baby let it go Ooh. hello you all so we are back with the lost in translation segment of Bayek's Desert and basically in this segment of Lost in Translation, we will be discussing lessons that we've learned this year, um, lessons, or at least lessons that I've learned, and then discussing loss, resilience, and inner love. So basically, um, if anything, I saw this Facebook post earlier that said, um, if 2020 has taught us anything, it's taught us how to be grateful. And I think that's really important. Now, um, Lost in Translation isn't really like the other segments. It's kind of um, just like in passing or, or mm, kind of in passing. And that's kind of, you know, what I want it to be. Don't really want it to be like a whole going to a discussion sort of thing. That um, is sort of reserved for through the Sahara and in my temple. But... Um, yeah, this year has definitely humbled the fuck out of me. I know I've seen even the people who I follow on social media has humbled the fuck out of them, taught us how to be grateful for what we do have, which is something I'm still learning how to do, um, to accept, you know, what is, what is not, um, and be grateful for, um, the things that I do have and not to, um, like, oh, I wish I had what somebody else had or whatever. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, like how the Bible says it, where it's like you can't want more for yourself. 
But when you are wanting for more for yourself, when you're wanting for better for yourself, phrase it in a way, you know, to yourself. Like it is a lot of, you know, it's an internal work thing. Phrase it in a way that's like, I want to attract the things that I want that are, you know, will benefit me and serve me and that are for me. Not in a way that's like, oh, I want what that person has. Because what someone else has may not be what is for you. It may not be the best for for you. You know, somebody else got a new Mazda, but you might be a Jaguar bitch. You feel me? Like you... Somebody got a a new four bedroom, but bitch, you you what is good for you might be a six bedroom, five baths in that bitch. You feel me? But you're wishing for what somebody else's ha- somebody else has, but by doing that, you're undercutting yourself and you're selling yourself short because you may be open to more than that person. But also, even, you know, disregarding that aspect of it, it's like, you know, you need what's best for you, you know? Too often we 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 want for things that we would not be able to maintain at that given point in our life. And that's one thing I had to be real mindful of. I I learned that shit early in my spiritual journey. Don't ask for shit that you're not ready for. Because the universe and the spirits will give it to you. But not if you're not ready. And sometimes you think you're ready. And they'll give it to you and you will fumble it. Because you ain't been through the shit that would have taught you how to cherish and take care of those things or that thing or whatever the case may be. So, you know, be grateful. Um, Be grateful for all the lessons that have came with, you know, the losses that we've all experienced this year. Um, Be grateful for the lessons and resilience that we've experienced this year. And be grateful for um, just ourselves and being able to be present, albeit this world is fucked up and shitty. And, you know, I wouldn't really, you know, not too keen on bringing new life into this world because whatever. But, you know, learning to the lesson, be grateful for the lessons and self-love, be grateful for ourselves and, you know, be humble. Um, But, yeah, um, what's funny is that although that's the lost in translation segment, that is, you know, my segment for the gift as well. That is the knowledge that I'm giving to you all is um, gratuity. I I hope I'm using that the right way and um, and thankfulness. Thankful for everything, not just thankful for the good, but also thankful for the bad that's taught us how to cherish and maintain the good. Because be honest, if you had never been through shit before. And you had got the the lover of your dreams. Would you know how to cherish and care for that lover? If you had never been through shit. If you ain't never, you know, had to get it out the mud. Would you be able to cherish and take care of that new house or that new apartment or that new car you got? No. 
You wouldn't be. So be thankful for the bad and the good because the bad is definitely present for a reason. And that is my knowledge to you all. Thank you for tuning in to Bayek's Desert. Bayek out.